Welcome to the Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. Well, today is a, is a really special day for me personally and for our house because we get to hear from somebody that has uh, really just made an in, internal impact, it, internal impact, <laughs> eternal impact in my life. And, um, and so I, I want to introduce Eric Bradley up to just a second. But Eric Bradley, his wife Cheyenne, and their kids, uh, Laurel and uh, Laurel, I say it right. Laura Lawson and Elsie are here today. They're from Church With You in Enterprise, Alabama. And let me tell you what the, the backstory with this. They serve as our overseers, one of three overseers. In other words, that's my pastor, okay? And my therapist and a lot of other things. <laughs> but um, they were the, the couple that looked at a bunch of wide-eyed, wild-eyed church planters that didn't know what in the world they were doing and gave them a chance and let us hang out with them for about a year to learn what it means to really plant a church and pastor people because we didn't have a clue. And uh, they trusted me with a mic. Yeah. And they trusted me. Um, they, just, they just said, hey, serve, rest, get what you need, and we're going to send you out with a blessing. And so I just want to say this before I, I welcome him up here. If you have benefited from God's work in your life because of the dwelling church, you owe it to these guys because they plowed away, they pioneered, not just in Enterprise, Alabama, but the people that they have sent out and are going to send out that's gonna shake the world for the kingdom of God. So y'all welcome up, Eric Bradley. What's happening, everybody? Y'all good? Hey, uh, do me a favor real quick. Uh, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot already because y'all, during worship, you, got, you guys got it. Like y'all talked a little bit. Y'all got after it. So I like, uh, I, I don't like the whole, I stand up here, I talk to you, you sit there and you hear and you don't do anything else. Like I, I like to talk and I like you to talk back. Uh, so here's the deal. If you want to talk, uh, amen's good. Uh, how about, mmm. I heard one time this little boy ask, uh, why, why does all those people make moo cow sounds in church? If, that, if that's what you got, then do you do that? Uh, if you don't think I'm doing well at all, you just sit there and wave. Like, you just fan. Like that? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Man, and listen, if anybody knows air conditioner troubles, it is church with you. And we, we are in a uh, lease facility right now, and if one breaks, all of them break. So I feel at home. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Hey, I can't do anything right now until, uh, until I do this. I read this verse in my, uh, in my reading this morning. I want to share it with you. I think it's relevant for right now. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, it says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. So, uh, man, I don't... I, Gunner knew what he was doing. Him and Bethany both. Man, they're incredible, incredible pastors. They didn't need to know anything. The reason they were at church with you is because we didn't have anybody to lead worship at the time. So it wasn't God placed us in their life. It was God placed them in our life. And uh, that's what they brought to church with you. But how many of you are grateful for your pastors? Come on, Gunner, <laughs> Bethany. I'm telling you. 
double honor. So if you really research that, that means in, uh, in, in his paycheck, double honor. Go read it. Research it. If you don't believe me, that's what it means, right? And then it means respect. I mean, you don't know the sacrifices it takes to plant a church. You may think you do. You may think you understand it, but until you leave everything that you know to go into everything that you don't know, leave a whole bunch of people who had your back no matter what, to try to convince a whole bunch of people who don't even know you to jump on a team to create a place where people's lives are gonna be impacted. You don't know the sleepless nights. You don't know the pressure. You don't know the weight. You don't know the stress. I'm just telling you, it's like, I, it's like I've been here before. You know, I just need you to know that they're worthy of double honor. So the moment that you stop respecting, the moment you feel like, man, they got cushed. Like I, my job's worse than theirs. Come on, can I tell you, the number one most stressful job in America is being a pastor. And that's not just my word. Now you do some research. It's right on up there at the top. So I'm telling you, you need to love, you need to honor, you need to respect Gunner and Bethany, not only for what they're doing currently, but for all the things that they've done years prior that led up to this moment. Because you just think you walked into a church service, right? No, no, no. You walked into sacrifice, and you walked into somebody else's sacrifice. Okay, so you're not, you're not sitting in your own, well, I'm, I'm good, I just came to church, you know, this one looked cool on the side of the road, like, and your building looks cool on the side of the road, by the way. But this wasn't it. You, you came here, and you're here today, not by accident, on. but on purpose. Yeah. And you're on purposely sitting here because somebody knew that one day you would walk into this building broken, hurt, fed up, anger, whatever it is, resentment, doubt, questions in your life, whatever. They knew and they sacrificed over and over and over so that one day you'll be able to walk in and sit in a comfy seat to hear one thing, just one thing that might impact your life. So I'm telling you, the moment you start taking them for granted, uh, y'all just need to switch roles for a week. You need to take his phone for a week. Let him take yours. And every bit of stress, I'm telling you, you'll figure it out. So, man, you're incredible, Gunner. Yeah. You and Bethany both are incredible. The way that you love people, the way you care for people, the pastor's heart that's already in you, uh, man, it, it is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. You're doing a great thing in, uh, in the dwelling church. So I'm excited to be here. You're already awake. I'm already preaching. You're, you're responding about 23.7%. Uh, as good as you should, uh, but we're going to get there by the end of the day. How many of you know we're going to get there? By the end of the day, we're going to get there. Uh, so here's the deal. I drove from uh, Enterprise, Alabama. We started, uh, me and Cheyenne started Church With You in 2014. Come on, almost eight years old as a church plant. That's pretty cool. Uh, so we started uh, in the rec center. Started with five people around a little kitchen table. We built a team, about 30 people after that, we launched in the rec center, 150 people on launch day. It was like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, and then we grew the whole thing all the way down to about 84 folks. And because uh, we're, we're that good, 150 to 84, we knew what we were doing. Um, but then, man, it's just, uh, it's taken off and, and exploded. We have a campus in Enterprise. We have a campus in Ozark. And uh, man, I'm just grateful that uh, God could do something through somebody who made a 17 on his ACT. Come on. Any 17 on your ACT people in the room? Oh, y'all all smarter than that? All right, I got one person right here on the front. I, I think she just feels sorry for me. I think she probably made like a 32. 
All right, let's get after it. You ready? I drove all this way to tell you that uh, you and I have to move from maintenance to momentum. If you're gonna title a message, that's what you need to title it. Maintenance to momentum. And we're gonna get there in just a second, but I wanna set it up to you like, like this. How many, of you, uh, how many of you remember what it felt like when you learned how to drive? You remember that feeling? Well, you, you remember, I don't know if it was your mom, your dad who talked to you, your grandparent, whoever it was. You, you remember the feeling like you were, you were always in the passenger seat, but this was your moment. Right? It was your moment, you were moving to the driver's seat and you were like, you, you were all giddy, you were ready to go, like you were getting after it. And then you were nervous on the inside too, were you not? I mean, like a little nervous and, uh, and you start driving. And uh, what's really cool about living in the country because uh, that's where we live on a little bit of farm in the country. And what's cool is you can do whatever you want. There are no rules. Uh, you can shoot guns wherever you want to shoot them. Uh, nobody's around for you to hit them, so you ain't really got to worry about that. Uh, you can drive wherever you want to drive. You can say whatever you want to say. I mean, it's just like nobody's around, right? So what's cool is uh, you, we had this tractor, and the tractor's not ours, uh, so it's borrowed. So the other day we were in the field, and it was broken down, right? And I had to figure out how to fix it, so I drove the truck down into the field, but I grabbed my kids because Cheyenne wasn't at home. Now, here, that's what very important fact that you need to know. Uh, the wife and the mother of the house was not there. So don't judge our family based on what I'm about to tell you. Okay, because the wife and the mother, the brains of the operation was not there. Uh, so I grabbed the kids because I can't be across the road, you know, in the middle of the field and the kids at the house. That's a bad parenting move. So I was like, all right, y'all come with me. Somebody's going to have to drive the truck back anyway. Okay, so I got Laurel, which is 10. I got Lawson, which is Seven, I got LC, which is five. So none of them know how to drive. None of them really have driven anything other than a four-wheeler. So I get the tractor working, and I'm like, hey, I got to drive the tractor back because y'all can't drive the tractor. That's mine. Uh, so who wants to drive the truck? And Laurel was like, I'll drive the truck. So I set her in the front seat. Her feet can't even touch the pedals. She can't even see over the steering wheel. And I'm like, hold up. I got some pieces of wood in the back. I'll take them out of the back. I'll put them on the seat. So I boosted her up a little bit, slid it as far. I said, can you touch the brake? Going to a diesel truck. You don't even have to touch the gas. It goes on its own when you let off the brake. She says, yeah, I can touch the brake. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go. You follow me and we'll get there. And how many of you know in that moment, her I mean, like she was loving every minute of it, but you could tell she was death grip on the steering wheel type of a situation and she crushed it. You absolutely crushed it, girl. It was awesome. It's an incredible deal. Now, here's the reason why I'm telling you that. It's incredibly easy to learn how to drive when your vehicle isn't automatic. It knows how to drive on its own. That's the purpose of the vehicle. It is a little bit more difficult when you get in the driver's seat of a manual. How many of you know how to drive a stick? You know how to drive a stick? Yeah, that's a lot. Okay. You remember learning how to drive a stick? Yeah, that wasn't fun. My uncle had a uh, stick shift, right? And I wanted to learn. He had one. So it seemed like a win-win situation except for his transmission. How many of you know that? It's like a grind it till you find it kind of a thing, you know? Like, I mean, you just got to put it in. If it makes a weird noise, just shove it harder and you'll figure out how to get into the next gear. I remember we were in the middle of a pasture. I don't know why driving lessons in the country happen on the middle of the pasture, but it just does. If you're ready to like teach one of your kids how to drive, just take them to the middle of the pasture. That's where it works out 
really well. Uh, but I was in the middle of the pasture and, and I'm feeling good. And, and I, I put it in first gear. I let off the clutch a little bit, press the gas just a little bit. It, you know, just a tad, not much, just, just, just a little. And then I, I get going, I'm feeling all good. I'm like, man, it's the first time driving a state. I'm incredible. Like there has never been another person who is better than me at driving a manual. So I press the gas a little bit more and then you can hear the engine. How many of you know what I'm talking? And my uncle's going, Eric, you got to change gears. You got to change the gear. I'm like, how do you change the gear? Why do you do it? Okay, I'll change the gear. What I realized in that moment is you now driving a manual have to do everything that the automatic does on its own. It's a little more work, is it not? But what I also realized is the moment I went down to second gear, the engine that sounded like, now sounded like, come on, what was damaging to one gear was really good for the next gear. It sounded like you were in a groove. And what I came to tell you is there's a moment in your life and my life in the moments right now where you got to figure out how to make the shift in your life from one gear to the next, right? There has to be a moment in your life where where you you are running so high right now at the RPM level, you're feeling burned out. Come on, how many of you know that's a bad word? Oh, they didn't tell you all that over here in Georgia? Okay, in Alabama, that's the the real B word right there, burnout. At church with you, you can't say that. You can't say it because guess what? Jesus wasn't burned out for you. You think he just took the beating that he took? So much so that the Bible says he didn't even look like a man, put the cross on his back, started walking up the hill, and he was like, God, you know what? I'm just, I'm just burned out. I've been serving too much. They've been asking me to fill roles. I just, can we, I'm just, I'm just burned out. Come on, you think he said that? No, he said this is worth it. I don't like it, but this is worth it. Do you know that serving in church ain't meant to be fun all the time? Come on, this ain't even in the notes. Like if you have my notes in the back production, they're going, where is he going? I have no idea. I don't know how to operate when you don't have an end time. And I didn't ask on purpose. But what I'm telling you is the moment that you get scheduled and 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 you you go, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm doing the same thing every single Sunday. Every Sunday I'm burned out. Every, I just need a break for a minute. Can I tell you, you ain't burned out because of the church. You burned out because of every other thing that you got on your schedule. See all the kids stuff? All the 70 hours a week at work, all the, are they normally this quiet? Am I okay? Should I, should I move to another topic? Like what? You're going to love this. What was your name one more time? Brandon. Brandon, you're going to love this. Like this moment is meant for you right now. You jumping in, helping with kids. This moment is meant for you. You can just tell me, thank you later. hundred dollars will do. You can just stick it in my hand as we walk out. Come on. It's not, I'm, I'm burned out. So I need a break. No, you need to figure out how to reprioritize what actually matters and give everything to that. 
because Jesus reprioritized what mattered and he said, no, I'm continuing to work up the hill because I know she's gonna be here. I know she's gonna need me. I know he's gonna be broken down one day. I know one day they're gonna realize they're not gonna make it to heaven on their own. I know they actually need me. This city needs you and I know it's gonna be hard for a minute, but at the end of the day, it's confirmed, 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 confirmed because somebody confirmed in order for you to be here. Wasn't even in here. But at some point, you got to make this shift. The shift from burnout to know I'm going to reprioritize Jesus and his kingdom and his church because I believe we're here for a purpose and a reason. And you know what? It ain't going to be fun all the time. It ain't going to be fun. When you show up and you serve one moment and you feel like, the weight of the world's on you and you feel like nothing you do on a Sunday actually matters. You know what? The next Sunday, just show up and do it again. Yes. And then the next Sunday, show up and do it again. And the next Sunday, guess what? Yeah, you got it. Show up and do it again. You got to make the shift. Right? Because there are seasons in your life where shifts are needed. Right? You got the natural shifts, don't you? Yeah, the natural shifts. You go from crawling to walking. That's natural. Right? You go from... Uh, you go from a, a kid in your parents' house to now graduating high school, maybe moving off to college. Now, now you got your first job and now it's like, okay, now I got a life on my own. I got a house on my own. How many of you are grateful parents that kids move out of your house? Does that feel good? Just talk to me for a second. Y'all got some of those that's moved out of the house? Is, y'all, is y'all's life better? Now, come on. Right, I got a little while, but that's what we're shooting for. Shoot for my kids to be bold enough and grown enough to move out of the house. Let's raise them so they leave, right? Not so that they come back. Stay in my basement. Right? There's natural shifts. Then, then, there's, uh, then there's shifts that happen to you that you didn't actually, um, you didn't want, like the job loss. You remember when the company kind of downsized and they came to you and they go, hey, your position's no longer needed? Maybe it was the uh, divorce papers that hit your doorstep that you were like, I didn't see that one coming. But the, at, at that season, you got to make a shift, do you not? Hey, life isn't going to be what it was. And now I got to figure out how to move forward with that. And then there's intentional shifts. And that's what we're talking about today. There's the intentional shift of, man, I'm a gossip and I believe everything the Bible has to say about that. So I'm, instead of doing what I want to do, which is gossiping all the way around, hey, did you hear, did you hear, did you figure out, hey, that person and kids, instead of doing that, now I'm, I'm, I'm making the shift of, no, I'm going to hold my tongue because if I can't, according to James, my religion is worthless. I'm going to make the shift. It's the intentional shift. I'm not going to be able to get to where God wants me to be if I continue to stay right here in this moment. I got to shift Right, and some of you are feeling like the weight of the world's on your shoulders, and you've been running in the same gear for way too long. And it's about time you hit the clutch, move the gear shift. I'm telling you, the engine sounds way better on the other side of the shift. It sounds way better. But if you don't make the shift, I'm no mechanic, but you're going to blow up your engine if you don't make the shift. And if you've lost passion, you've lost excitement, you've lost the why behind why you're here, 
then can I tell you, you're, you're running in the same gear for too long. You need to shift. Do you not hear the engine? Do you not hear it? When you need to make the shift. And one of those intentional shifts is maintenance to momentum. Here's what I know about the dwelling is uh, we, we came, I think it was 2019. Is that what we decided? 2019, you guys were in the theater. How many theater people we got in the house? Yeah. All right, everybody that did not raise your hand, you should honor that. You should clap for that right there. Go, go for it right now. Everybody who set up, tear down. So, oh, we got to store, you got to store your stuff. I'm a little resentful over that because when we started in the rec center, we didn't get to store our stuff. We stored it in a trailer. It was like unpack trailer on a Sunday morning, pack it back up on a Sunday afternoon, leave, drop the trailer off again, undo it, do it again. You want to be burnt, burnt, never mind, I can't say that. Right? The theater stuff. You know what's really easy when you're portable? It's to go, you know what, let's just, let's just don't set up all that today. You know, let's just don't do all that today. Like the, the setup crew's a little... Slim, it's, it's a little down. Come on, it's July 4th weekend. We ain't got people at church. Like it, the whole team's disappearing. Like it, let's just don't set it all up today. And it's really easy to maintain what you got instead of continuing to move and make momentum forward. It's the same thing in the building, right? When we moved from the rec center to our lease facility right now, you know what happened? People dropped off. And it's because they didn't feel like they were needed anymore. Because I was needed to set up pipe and drape. But now everything's set up. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, don't, know that I'm, I don't know that I'm needed anymore. But then what happens with the rest of us who stuck, what I, what I saw and, and, and what I'm trying to guard you from is this moment where they were like, we made it. We a real church now. And we were a cult in the rec center. We a real church. We a real church. Now we got our own building. Right? And then everybody sits around and, and they don't really talk to any new people who are walking in. It's just like, let's gather together and let's remember and reminisce about all the times and the seasons and life. And I just want to go running through the hallway. Go and shut down every conversation that you're having. Because you got a first time guest walking through the door. Why are you who know each other continuing to circle up? Let's talk about the weekend. Let's talk about this. Oh, they look, yeah, they look new to the church. All right, what were you saying about? No, you got, you know how many times I've been so rude to people that are on our team at church with you? Like we're in the middle of a conversation. I'm like, I don't know them. I'll be back. Right, come on, you got to make a shift because if, if this is good for you, then can I just tell you, at some point in your life here at the dwelling, you're going to go, and you're going to have to go, boom, make a shift because this is not, you haven't made it. You haven't made it. You know how, lost, how many lost people are in your community? You know how many people, if they died today, they would stand face to face with the enemy of their soul? Do you know how many? Like, uh, have you lost it? You don't walk in here and it's like, oh, this country club, baby, we got it. This is awesome. Except for the day that airs out, but normally it's cool in here and it's nice. No, come on, let this be a reminder. I told him I was going to say this. Is it okay if I say it? I'm going to say it. Let this be, a, if you're hot today, 
Imagine what the rest of your community is going to be sitting in for eternity if you don't get after it. So you got to make a shift. This ain't about me. It ain't about my purpose. It ain't about my passion. It ain't about what I like. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do what's needed in the house so that we can reach people who are lost and broken and dying and going to hell. It's a shift. It's a shift. You're making a shift today. Come on, you're making a shift. You're hiring a kids pastor. Can I just tell you, the, the, this is the hardest thing about kids. Kids and students, it's the hardest thing. It happens at church with you with students. But at the end of the day, it's like, we'll show up on Sunday and we'll make this service incredible. We'll think through it. We'll pray through it. We'll schedule it. We'll prepare it. Everything's in order. It is incredible. But then outside of those walls back there in the back, it's just like, well, I mean, they're kids. No, they're, they're the next people that are going to be taking your spot. It ain't just, well, let's worry about what we like and make it good. No, it's we got to make a shift to a next generation so that we can grow up a whole nother group of Jesus followers so that when they take over from us, they'll take the dwelling further than we ever thought we could have on our own. Come on, we got to make the shift. We got to make the shift. How many areas of your life are are you maintaining? Just maintaining. Not, not, not moving. Not, you don't have any momentum in your life right now. You're just maintaining what you got. Can I tell you, when, when you don't make the shift from maintenance to momentum, it hurts the heart of God. When you're just good with what you got, I'm going to take care of what I got. You know, I see, I see it and I hear it from, from churches a lot, from people in the churches a lot. They say, yeah, but... But, but we're just a family and we, we, just, we just love people. And I love it like that. You know the interesting thing about families is there's new people born into them every day. Because if you have a family with nobody else born into it, your name's gone. See, it's not, it's not just, hey, we have a, we're a family and we like it, us four no more. You heard that whole deal before, right? No, it's, we are a family, but we're going to open the doors for new people to come in. See, it's a shift. And if you don't make the shift, then it hurts the heart of God. And I want to show it to you in our scripture real quick. Um, I want to read this one to you real fast. This is Romans chapter 8. This wasn't even in the notes either, but go with me. I texted this to Gunner this morning. I said, can you put that up? For those who live according to the flesh, Romans 8, starting in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds. Everybody say, set their minds set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Look at what verse 8 says. Those who are in the flesh can not please God. So there's a moment in your life where you got to make a shift. You got to make a shift. I love that last song that we sang, whatever the cost. Yeah. Is that really? <laughs> because have you seen the cost that Jesus asked people to lay down before? Yeah. Like, are you ready for that? Are you willing? I mean, we'll sing it. It sounds good. You raise your hands and you'll lift it high and everybody will cheer and shout. But can you live that out? You can't if your mind is still set in another attitude and mentality that you're not ready to shift. 
You got to make the shift. Shift from maintenance to momentum. Because if you don't make the shift in a vehicle, then you're going to be in a shop doing maintenance, doing work. But if you also don't make a shift in your life, then can I tell you, your body and your mind and your soul and your spirit will be in a place that you think it's broken down, beaten, I'm no good to anybody. And can I tell you, I want you to make the shift. Because God's not about maintaining. Nothing from beginning of time did he ever say, you know what, that's good enough, let's stop right there. Let's just make sure we, we take care of what we got right here. No, he's always about momentum. He's always about movement. Adam and Eve, hey, I created you, you're welcome. Now be fruitful, multiply. Right, same thing. Noah, guess what, buddy? You're the only guy left with your family. So in order to accomplish what I want to accomplish, be fruitful, multiply. He's not going, hey, can you just maintain your family? Just make sure nothing happens to you. Because if it does, I don't know that I can create another person. One thing that God's never said. But it's movement. If your life is not moving, if the dwelling is not moving, can I tell you the opposite of movement is maintaining. And God didn't call you to maintain. You okay if we read a lot of scripture today? Real quick, Matthew chapter 25, if you got your Bible, if you got your phone, you version Bible app. Ooh. Ready to roll. It's on the screen too, right? Yeah, it is. Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Uh, they're telling us, hey, here's what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. How many of you know when you read that in scripture, this is what the kingdom of heaven will be like? You probably need to pay attention. Yeah. Right? Okay, y'all can talk back now. I'm done beating you up. Let's move forward. Okay, let's make the shift from stepping on your toes to now picking you up, patting you on the back, giving you hope in the middle of it all. Right? Come on, let's make the shift. For the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. His property. Not theirs, but his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each according to his ability. Okay, these, these all mean something. You do know that every pause kind of means something. It's his property that he's given to you to steward according to your ability. Okay, so everything you got right now, you think you need more, you think you deserve more, you think you're ready for more, but if you ain't got it, you ain't equipped to be ready to handle more. Are you tracking? Like you, and instead of not being faithful with what you got and always thinking about what you should have, well, we need more people and kids. We need more of this. We need more of that. We need more of this stuff over here. Instead of that, let's be faithful with what we got. And when we're faithful with what we got, God will give us... More, you'll see it a little bit more in just a little bit. It says, then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once, traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two more. But he who had received one talent went and dug a hole in the ground, hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. How many of you know that's gonna happen? Yeah. Yeah. For the kingdom of heaven will be like, 
Okay, so that means in heaven, this is gonna happen. Okay, and he who had received five talents came and said, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done. Come on, y'all gotta help me out. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had been given two talents came forward saying, master, you gave me two talents here. I made two talents more. And this master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who received one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you were to be a hard man. I could preach a million different ones off of that one. Reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you can have what's yours. I love that. Here, you can have what's yours. That's like me giving you the keys to my car and you taking it for a week and you coming back to me and you going, hey, Eric, I got a gift for you and giving me back the keys to my car on empty with gas at $5 a gallon. Slick tires on the back because you've been burning out. Are you tracking? For the kingdom of heaven will be like. Everybody, everybody going so far? Here you can have what is yours. But the master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Then you ought to have instead with my mo- invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was mine and interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there's weeping and ganashing of teeth. You can't read that word and not say ganashing. I made it 17, but I know it's not ganashing. <laughs> so I want you to see when there's movement and when there's momentum, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah. Well done. When there's maintenance, look at what it says. You wicked and slothful servant. See, nothing about the kingdom of heaven is about maintaining. God's not in heaven worried about his stock portfolio. He's not worried about how much ground has been taken by the enemy. He's not up in heaven going, man, if we can just hold on to that, if we can hold on to that, then we'll be okay. He's not all about maintaining. He's about movement. He's about momentum. He's about moving forward. And if you're a Jesus follower, then you got to be about moving forward. Yeah, but the recession's coming. Or it's already here. You know, Pastor Gunner, he'll understand Like I was faithful with my tithe for a while. Okay, now we're gonna make the shift and I'm gonna talk about you again, hold on. We we were faithful with my my tithe for a while, like a year we gave faithful. But you know what they say is coming on the radio? It's gonna be bad. You know how much a gallon of milk is right now? It's $5 a gallon. It's awful. Eggs, carton of eggs. You know my grocery bill has upped. Like, I mean, I'm talking like 52%. It's up from last month. Like, so what I want to do, I just want you to know, I I still love the church. 
I still want to be a part of it. Okay, I'm still going to be here on Sunday, but I'm going to have to take my tithe back for a minute and make sure that I can maintain what I got so that when you need me in the future, I'll be here and I'll be ready for you. I just want you to know I love you. I care about the dwelling. Maintenance mode. And listen, that's okay. If that's where you want to be, that's okay. But if you stay a part of the dwelling for the next year, you can't be anybody a year from now that comes back in this place and goes, hey man, look what we did. Look, look what who? Look what we did? Yeah, we, we did pretty good. We were a part of something spectacular. We saw the miraculous happen, not just in the church, but in our finances too. Because, you know, Jehovah Jireh, he is our provider. It don't matter how much a jug of milk is. It don't matter how much a gallon of gas is. I'm going to be faithful to the God who was faithful to me. And I'm going to keep pouring. I saw a miracle in my life. Then I saw a miracle in we. Look, we, I think you got your words wrong. You mean, look what you were a part of doing. So you can go maintenance if you want to. Just don't think you were a part of the momentum. Because if you're not ready to put your money where your mouth is, then what are you doing? We're just going to maintain what we got. We're going to keep everything we got. It's going it's to be It's going to be good. Okay, no, God, God didn't say one thing about that. He said, live with an open hand. Everything that you have, I've been given to you so it'll flow out of you and flow through you so that it will reach people for my kingdom and my name and my renown. It's not maintenance. It's momentum. Now, I'm gonna close with this and, and you're like, good, it's hot. I don't really even know what time it is. It's 11, 18, what time do you get up? When God's done. We lost Lawson at uh, Great Wolf Lodge. Lawson's my seven-year-old little boy. And we lost him at Great Wolf Lodge. We, we, y'all been to Great Wolf Lodge? Anybody been to um, So we were at this water park. Is what it is. Bunch of people in the middle of it. And uh, I look at Cheyenne and she looks at me. She's, where's Lawson? He's supposed to be here. He never came down the slide. Where's Lawson? And I'm talking about we scoured that place. Like every inch. Like I, I'm talking every square inch of that place. And he's here, so we found him. Uh, he was in the middle of the lazy river with some other friend that he made. I mean, like just hanging out, chilling, little boat. You ain't supposed to be in there, but that's where he was. But my question to you is what, what would me and Cheyenne have done if we would have never found him? Come on, we're making a shift right here. You ready? I still would have had a room reservation at the Great Wolf Lodge. I still would have been walking back and forth on the water park. I still would have been asking so many people, can you help me find my son? Hey, can you help me find my son? Hey, can you help me find my son? Hey, can you, can, hey, can you help me? And you know what I would do? I would pick my friends from the people who were willing to help me find my lost son. And can I tell you, you got a lost city. 
I just want you to look around. Like, that's not literally just look around. Just look around. Right now, look around. Look around the room. Everybody in the room is a follower of Jesus. You know how I know that? Because it's July 4th and you're at church. Um, you could have been a million other places. All of these people should be willing to help you find your lost son. They should be willing to help you find the lost person that's next door in that neighborhood at our job, at my workplace, and you pick your friends over somebody who would go find your lost son. There's a shift that has to take place in your heart about you being passionate about what God's passionate about. Let's don't just think about it. Pastor Gunnar said it just a minute ago. What actually does move your heart? And instead of just thinking about it and talking about it, we do it. Right? So at the end of the day, God has made a whole bunch of big, bold moves come, to come towards you. Has he not? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes will not perish but have eternal or everlasting life. God made some big moves to come towards you. So here's how we're ending today is it's your turn. You hear me? It's your turn. What areas of your life have you been maintaining? And if you're not ready to make the shift, when God tells you to make the shift, whether that's a mindset, whether that's an attitude, whether that's a cultural shift, come on, I mean, you've got the world telling you something, the Bible telling you another thing, but just because the place that we live, we're going to believe what everybody else, no, no, hold on, we got to make a shift. To go, I'm going to stand on God's word because it's infallible and it is relevant for today and not just for past history. Come on, it is, it is right now. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to believe on it. That's a shift. And if you're not ready to shift when God says shift, then you're going to run your engine to the place of blowout. And at that point, you might be ready to serve him. You might be ready at that point to go, okay, I'm going to make the shift. But can I keep you from rock bottom? And just say, can you shift the mindset today? Can you shift the mentality today? Can you shift it right now? God's made big, bold moves to show you that he loves you and he cares you. It's your turn. It's your turn to make bold moves. So Father, we love you. And we thank you for who you are. We thank you for making the bold move to sacrifice your son so that we could have life. That you didn't just maintain a good place for us to sit in. I know you were more worried about moving my heart from darkness to light. You were more worried about moving my life from death to life. So Father, can you put in our heart a heart of momentum to just be ready to move Whatever you say, wherever you go, whatever you tell me. I don't care what the people in my work tells me. I don't tell what my coworkers, my neighbors, my family, my friends. God, I'm going to rest my life and rest my belief on you. And I submit and I surrender and I make the shift today. 
Can I tell you, God does powerful, miraculous things to people who are ready to make the shift. So are you ready to make the shift today? Come on, it's your turn. Wherever you're at, whether that's the shift in how you, fan, you manage your finances, whether that's the shift in how you steward and care for relationships, whether that's the shift of going, you know what, I've been coming to the dwelling for a while and I'm just sitting here taking up space and breathing in other people's oxygen. I'm ready to do stuff, put me on a serve team. I'm ready to go, I'm ready to help. Whatever it is, whatever shift that is. You ready to make it today? Because listen, you want God to do something spectacular in your life, but he already came towards you. Come on, the Bible says the moment that you draw near to God is the moment that he'll draw near to you. You're waiting on him to do something spectacular, but all he's waiting on is for you to make a shift. A shift to turn your heart, your focus, your attention, your belief toward him. And in that moment, he'll draw near to you. He's here and he's ready. It's your turn. So if you're here and you've never said yes to a relationship, with Jesus. Can I tell you, the Bible says that Jesus loves you. He laid down his life for you. He took your sin. He became the payment for your debt penalty so that you wouldn't have to be separated for eternity. He loves you. And if you haven't received that love, if you haven't received that forgiveness, that sacrifice, that salvation that was made for you, I want you to do that today. I want you to hear him saying, hey, I did my part. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's just right where you are. Listen, if it's your turn to turn your heart toward God and receive his salvation and his forgiveness today, can you just stand to your feet just right where you are? Just say, yeah, I'm making that decision today. I'm standing right now. I'm gonna stand. It's okay. Listen, nobody's gonna call you out. Everybody's gonna cheer for you. Everybody's gonna celebrate you. Just making the, the shift. It's my turn. I'm going in. If that's you, I just want to put words to your heart right now. And you can just repeat them after me. Come on, this is nothing special about this. What's special is in your heart, you going, man, I'm giving my life to Jesus. So just right where you are, underneath your breath, if you want to, you can say, Jesus, I need you. I believe you came for me. You died. But I also believe you rose from the dead to give me victory and to give me salvation. So I turn my life to you. I make the shift today. I repent. And then pray this prayer, the last one. Help me follow you the best way I know how for the rest of my life. Father, we love you. And we thank you for who you are, God. God, we thank you for being in this place. God, we thank you for growing us. We thank you for giving us hope where there seems to be none. And we surrender every part today. Whatever area that is, God, can you just work on that area until we surrender? Can you just keep hitting that area until we turn it over to you? And we praise you today, God. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. We celebrate you. We honor you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, give it up. Pastor Eric.
Are you challenged? I needed that. How about you? Um, I, I, I thought of the story. This is the way the Lord speaks to me sometimes. I thought of the story about the guy on the roof. The flood came and he's praying, God save me. And then a helicopter comes, let's stand a rope. And they're like, get on the rope. And he's like, no thanks. God's gonna save me today. And then like several other things happen. You've heard that joke before. And then he gets to hell, you know, he dies, he gets to heaven. Like, you didn't save me. He's like, I sent a helicopter. I sent this and then. I think after a message like today, um, we need something to grab onto after that. So guys, could you put that QR code up? There, uh, this isn't just a connect card for, for new people. This is a connect card that says, this is the step I'm taking today. And uh, we really plan to do this, but I just got to give you a rope. <laughs> this is your rope of like, God is, God is telling me to do something. And so I'm doing that today. So go scan that QR code with your phone and then put a checkbox by, I think there's a few on there. Like, hey, I'm ready to get baptized. I've never really followed the Lord in baptism. And hey, Beach Day is happening July 30th at Tybee. We're doing that as a family uh, on, on Saturday and we're gonna do baptisms. You know why? Because somebody said, can I get baptized? <laughs> and I was, yes, it's a baptism service now. So man, it, it may be a checkbox on there. Hey, I'm ready to serve. I mean, this is, this is a perfect time to join the kids team with Brandon Eards building this new elementary uh, classes and all. Get involved somewhere. Say yes somewhere to what God has called you to do today. Okay, amen? All right, well, let's all um, stand to our feet. I'm gonna pray for us. Um, our community leaders from last semester, I didn't plan this either, but would you come on up to the to the stage and receive people for prayer this morning. There's a few things that um, that I've either gotten through a text or just felt personally about um, for prayer today. Um, if you have any need in your life that you really just want some prayer for, somebody just shoulder a burden with you to agree in faith with you about something. These these leaders up here led our community groups last semester. They're great um, guys, full of faith. And there's a few things that I wanna just call out today. We do this from time to time. The Lord sometimes reveals what his intentions are so that we'll have enough faith to get it. You know what I'm saying? Like to go for it. And so really feeling today, allergies, as far as healing goes, allergies, food allergies. If you got seasonal allergies, pet allergies, all the things under the, the, the allergy thing. And I know that's probably a lot of folks. So that's why we got all these folks up here. But let's, let's uh, come receive prayer for that if that's your problem. Also, like a left hip problem or something, or I don't know if it's sciatica um, or, or left knee. I would just say anything in that in that area. If that's you, just join your faith to that. Come come get prayer for that, and uh, and for anything any other need you have in your life. Can we pray together today? Thank you, Jesus, for this uh, challenging word. Thank you that you're always calling us into more. We make room for you. We make room for people, and we make room for more. That's who we are. It's what we do. So Lord, we're, we're confessing today, declaring today, we're gonna be who we say we are when we walk out of this place today. We say yes, we check the box, we take the step because it's faith that moves your heart. It's a faith that moves, that moves your heart. Thank you for today in your presence, in your life-changing word, and it's in your name we pray, amen, amen. You guys have a great week.
Come get prayer if you need it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.